kusinga Echitibwa chicho Somebody, hey!
no man can sing that kind of song when he has not believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You, you might be going through too much. I don't even know how you came. And you might ask yourself, why are you saying that God has done great things for me? What, what, what do you mean when you say that he has done me good? I'm going through sorrow. I'm going through trials. I'm going through testations. I have good news for you. Look at the end of the Lord. Look at what the plans God has toward you. The thoughts that he has toward you. He says all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are called. That's a song only men of faith can sing. I, I know you might have slept hungry last night and today probably you had the worst news. But I charge you by God. Look at what he has done through Christ. Look at that situation and understand that it is temporal. He has done great things. He has done great things. He has done.
be seated. Turn to your neighbor on the left, turn to your neighbor on the right and tell him, how are you doing? How is your day? Good to see you. How is life? How is your family? How is your friends? Guys in the back, get your seats very quickly. Change your chair. Praise God. How many are visiting for the first time? Where are you? Did I see you? Wave if you're visiting for the first time. Hey! Good to see you. You're welcome to the Thank you, choir. You're welcome to the Rike Brojalande Shikete. That's a tongue's translation to the best fellowship in the world. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for the most generous people on the face of the earth. Bless them, even as they give. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. I've blessed your offering. Fiona Kayaga was healed of hepatitis. Praise God. Somebody has been bleeding for years. A lady, she was healed as well. A bleeding issue, praise God. Somebody had had a very bad pain in the right leg and could not move without support for three years. Lillian is healed, praise God. Hallelujah. ETC. Greetings from Northern Ireland. Ah, ah, ah. Rewind. Greetings from Northern Ireland. Yeah. Come on, wave. Wave to them right now. They are watching. Yes. Praise God. We had a wonderful service there. We had souls one. Oh my God. People received Jesus. We had miracles. People threw away glasses. People walked out with their clutches in their hands, praise God, healed and walking as a lady she had been crippled for 15 years. Uh, you know, God did wonderful things, praise God. Back issues, head issues, whatever issues, the Lord delivered, hallelujah. And so they love you so much, they didn't want me to leave, and I told them, even me, I don't want to leave, praise God. But I have people in Uganda, if I don't leave... Praise God. But we love that place. I feel the United Kingdom is very hungry. Very hungry. I mean, I've been to Europe, but the United Kingdom is hungry. Pray for them. I feel something wonderful is about to bubble there. I feel something wonderful is about to bubble there. And pray for us. God is soon opening up a very effectual door. I'll tell you very soon. Hallelujah. Women's conference. Yes, you're excited. Hallelujah. Cindy's excited as well. We're excited. I mean, Kololo, that, I don't even know what to say. Yes, that day, what's going to happen in Kololo, we don't have words for it. Every woman, you must write a list of five. Praise God. And believe that they'll come. If you have little faith, write only like five, four. But I put of much faith. Hallelujah. There's a lady who sent me a message yesterday. She had mobilized about 2,000. People are serious. They're not playing. Hallelujah. And it's called what? Faith. So, believe God to um, lead you, give you the grace and the utterance. They will come. It's easy when you, you just tell them for an error, they will come. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
Father, we thank you for this evening. Thank you for the entrance of your word brings light and giveth understanding to the simple. Thank you because you're speaking to us in the most notable way in Jesus' name. No sense said? Amen. Now, if you'll open with me, 2 Samuel, chapter 15. If you're there, you say, Amen, in a deep voice. 2 Samuel, chapter 15, verses 22. Now, the Bible says, And David said to Itai, Go and pass over, and Itai, the Gittite, passed over, and all his men and all the little ones that were with him. And all the country wept with a loud voice, and all the people passed over. The king also himself passed over the brook Kidron, and all the people passed over toward the way of the wilderness. And lo, Zadok also, and all the Levites were with him, bearing the ark of the covenant of the Lord, and they set down the ark of God. And Abiathar went up until all the people had done passing out of the city. Somebody shout, hallelujah. Now, this that I've just read, this person of scripture that I've just read, is quite like in the middle of a wonderful story. And I choose to begin from here because some of the most imminent expressions uh, of the sermon tonight are going to allude from the words that I just read this evening. But of course, you'll ask yourself, I have heard Itai's crossing over, the country is weeping a loud voice, and the people are passing all over, all weeping. David is weeping, and everyone is weeping. And the Bible says the king also passed over the brook Kidron, and everybody that was him, he has Abiathar, the priest, he has Zadok, the priest, and they all pass through and go out of the city. So you ask yourself, what happened? What led to this event? I'll tell you what led to the event. Because if you do, then you'll have the appreciation of the things that I'm about to share. Now, a story is given of a man, David. You know David. You all know David. The Bible says he was a man after God's own heart. He esteemed the things of God. He esteemed the presence of Almighty God. He esteemed anything that defines God. And of course, we know the transition of his kingship. He becomes king. But of course, he's raised under Saul for quite many years after he had left his father, Jesse. The Bible tells us he becomes king as the Lord has spoken. And then one day, he's a father. He has children, wonderful children. And then one day, one of his sons called Amnon looks at his stepsister, both children of Abraham, uh, sorry, woo, both children <laughs> of the same man. And the Bible says that Amnon tricks Tamar, both children of the same man. And he tells her he's sick. He asks her to come and look after him. And then he rapes her. 
And her brother Absalom saw that. The Bible says that one day God waits. I mean, Absalom waits to see what David would do. His father to the brother Amnon who has raped his sister Tamar. And the scripture tells us David did nothing about it. Absalom was expecting a sort of punishment because of what had happened to his sister. But you see, I wish Absalom lived long enough to get to the age of David. He would understand that as the fathering spirit grows older, it has another understanding of how it deals with its children. By experience, I've learned that when you're still younger, either, either by age or by experience, you know, some people are old by age, but they're young by experience. And some people are younger by age, but they've experienced a lot in God. I'm not just talking about the physical experience. Of course, the physical experience has something to teach. But much more, the spiritual experience in God. And so David has a certain understanding of God. And he doesn't know how to punish his son. Because I think he sees it both ways. He sees what's in the head of Amnon and what led him to do that. And I think he sympathizes and realizes it hurt Amnon too. Something went on the boy. But also on the other hand, he is thinking to himself that as a father with his children, what more can you do? Are you going to punish the flesh? Will that convert the soul? It can't change a man. Some of the most punished people stay weakened. Praise God. For a moment, we don't so much follow into this fellow, Amnon. But I have a feeling that he repented in his heart. Because history only has that account of him. We never hear another. Now, the brother of Tamar, Absalom, he's watching. For years, he's watching this guy. Right? And the Bible says he said neither bad nor good about him. One day, he makes a plot, gets the guy drunk, and kills his brother. Then he goes fleeing. Now, David, the father, is wroth. He's angry. He's saying, my son, why have you taken it in your hand to deal judgment with your brother? I knew what he has done. But there was a way I knew he would be dealt with. But you see, Absalom goes ahead in his own right, and avenges the rape case of his sister, Tamar. And then he's in hiding for so long. And then, for some reason, he feels repentant and he needs to come back. For those of you who know the story, beyond David's anger, in there was a father that was willing again to let go of even Absalom's killing of his brother. Because Absalom did worse. Isn't it? He did worse. He killed life. He, he shed, you know, blood. 
And the story tells us, one day he comes back and he brings back the boy. Through, I think there was a widow of where? And he is returned to the kingdom. And so when he's returned to the kingdom, in uh, the, the chapter before, you'll see at the place of restoration, we know that he dwells in Jerusalem for two full years. And he did not see the king's face. Because David said, let him come back. But I don't want him to be near me. I'm still dealing with anger. And consequently, Absalom finds his way again to get to the face of his father. And through Joab and pulling strings here and there, the hard way, he finds access to the father later. Praise God. Now, the Bible tells us from the 15th chapter where we began, when Absalom was restored in Israel, he started to do something interesting. In the verse 2, the Bible says, He rose up early and stood beside the way of the gate. And it was so that when any man had a controversy that came to the king for judgment, then Absalom called unto him and said, Of what city are you? And he said, Thy servant is of one tribe of Israel. And Absalom said unto him, See, thy matters are good and right, but there is no man uh, deputed of the king to hear thee. And Absalom said, Moreover, all that I had made, I was made judge in the land that every man that has any suit or cause might come unto me, and I would do him justice. And it was so that when any man came to him to do him obeisance, he put forth his hand and took him, kissed him. And on this manner did Absalom do to all Israel that came to the king for judgment. So Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. During that time when men come to bow to him, he says, ah, 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 don't bow. We are equal. I know how busy the king can be. But you see, people need justice. I can imagine. <laughs> people need justice. And I wish I was made a judge over these people. Then I'll judge them speedily and meet all their needs. But you see, sadly, nobody deputies, deputies the, the king and, and people need help. So anyway, let me help you. So he starts to help people and then he keeps a very humble attitude to them. He's showing them, see, I'm not even interested in leadership. I just feel like the people pain me. That's a direct translation. So, <laughs> and the Bible says he won the hearts of Israel. After four years, he comes to the king. And the Bible says, the KJV says 40, but it's actually four. You read other versions and compare, you'll know it's actually four. I think there's a miss, uh, something wrong there, but it's supposed to be four years, not 40. So after four years, Absalom says, praise God, to the king, I pray to you to let me go to Hebron. Why? Because I promised God when I was still in hiding, right, in Geshur of Aram, that when I return to Jerusalem, I will go and pay my respects, build an altar and worship God in Hebron. And the king tells him, you know what? I bless you, go in peace. And do what you will. But what the king did know was Absalom was planning 
to take over the father's throne. Absalom's anger extended from the vengeance that he had toward Amnon to the man that had done nothing for the rape of his sister. And now we see conversations within of there's something wrong with his king. His son raped his own daughter and he did nothing. We also have a record of him back in the day. He killed a certain man and took over his wife, Bathsheba. We all know that. There's something wrong with this. There's something not right with this. And then, you know, we see him go to Hebron. And then he has won the hearts of the, of the people. He gets an army. Then he tells them, he goes telling people that when the trumpet is blown, Start screaming that Absalom is king in Hebron. And some of the guys that I was being told didn't even have a clue of what was happening. Long and short, Absalom is ready to take over. He has to be king. He wants to be king. He feels the throne is rightfully his. Story tells us they come to David and tell him, you know what, you better flee. <laughs> because this guy is coming and he's going to kill everything. And everybody, and take over the office. And then David says, okay, let's move. So he leaves ten concubines to, live, to look after the, the palace. And then he flees with the people that were with him. Of course, David's men told him, for us, wherever you go, we shall go. He had a fierce army, fiercely loyal. And the story tells us, you'll understand why I, some of you I need to come from far to where we are. Because if I don't give you the foundation, you will not appreciate what we're talking about. And so, he guns his people. He tells Itai or Itai, that fellow, the Gittite, help us, let's take these people all through. So they cross and leave the city before Absalom comes. Least he kills people. David carries the priests. Abiathar. He takes Zadok. He takes the Ark of the Covenant, but later on he asks Zadok to take it back. And the Bible now, where I started reading from, is the middle of the part when they are running away and fleeing from the tyranny of Absalom. Now the scriptures tell us, and I love how it is written, he says, and all the country wept. With a loud voice. That means even David was in tears. Now I want you to envision that place. Where your own son wants to make himself king. And then. He's attacking you. That's the same boy you had mercy on. On return. He's the same boy who killed your son. Amnon. His brother. And he's the same guy who has. Now decided to take over. So he, David is in pain. He's a man in sorrow. And the scriptures tell us the whole country wept. The guys that were following David were weeping. And then they start passing over. And now the Bible says, And the king also himself passed over the brook of Kidron. 
Now that's, that's the center of the sermon tonight. The king also passed over the brook Kidron. Also the king. Also the king passed. And all the people passed over it. So you ask yourself, why? The Bible didn't say, the Bible did not say the king passed over the brook Kidron. No. The Bible says the king also himself passed over the brook Kidron. That means there must have been something so strange about the brook that to the writer it was remarkable enough for us to keep this story of history to say the king also passed through or over the brook Kidron. Also, the king also himself. That means it, it, it was not a place a king was expected to pass. It was not the usual place a king should pass. But the king passed there. Tell your neighbor the king passed there. We define Kidron. We have to define it. Because we've seen the betrayal of the son. We've seen the betrayal of the man of counsel. Who remembers Ahithophel? The Bible says in those days there was a man called Ahithophel. And his counsel, his word, the Bible says, was as good as the word of God. When Ahithophel spoke, it was God speaking. And then he wakes up too. And a man who has counseled him for years, his own counselor has left him. In fact, now, biblical scholars tell you that that's why he wrote Psalms 55 verses 12. He says, for it was not an enemy that reproached me. So, for it was not an enemy that reproached me. Then I could have borne it. Neither was it he that hated me, that did magnify himself against me. Then I would have hid myself from him. But it was thou, a man, mine equal, he calls him my guide and my acquaintance. Why? Because Ahithophel was his guide. He was his friend, his acquaintance. And we took sweet counsel together and walked unto the house of God in company. He, uh, biblical scholars say that he was referring to that experience. Even the man of counsel is gone. Israel has been won over by a boy who doesn't even know how to fight. I think to him there is also a, set of, a sense of betrayal in his heart. Not only with Ahithophel and the, the son, but what about the people he has shed his blood for? The people for hundreds of years, no hundreds, tens of years, he fought for. The people for whom he stood on the front line to fight enemies for, that they would have peace in their borders and their children would eat food. And then one day, all of these guys are turned against this man. Praise God. Now, what is the brook of Kidron? I want you to understand why the Bible calls it the brook of Kidron. Why, why even the king himself crossing over was a shock. What was a, it was a notable mind to understand. Now, the word brook is valley, right? The literal word brook is valley. Kidron is darkness. It's the valley of darkness. Alright? I want you to note that. It is the valley of darkness. Now, it was, if you'll open in 2 Chronicles chapter 29 verse 16, Kidron was a valley that was between Jerusalem and the Mount of Olive. It was the valley there in the middle. Right? And it was the receptacle of all manner of filthiness. 
Now, if you read 2 Chronicles 29, 16, the Bible says the priests went into the inner part of the house of the Lord to cleanse it and brought out all uncleanliness, all the uncleanliness that they found in the temple of the Lord into the court of the house of the Lord. And the Levites took it to carry it out abroad into the brook Kidron. So do you see what is in the brook Kidron? All manner of uncleanliness in temples is thrown there. Now, you don't want to imagine what is unclean. Hello? Rains used to fall. When the rains fall, from Olives to Jerusalem, the waters used to go and settle in the valley Kidron. So in Kidron, there is no moving waters. If, if these waters were washing and cleaning mountains, right, and washing sloping down, all filth would come being washed by water. And every filthy thing from Jerusalem to Mo and from Olives, all of it will settle in the same place, the valley of Kidron. And that's why every filthy thing is thrown. It was like a dustbin. Do you understand what I'm saying? It was like where every refuse is thrown. It was ugly. It was dirty. It was filthy. Praise God. But also on the edges, if you go to 2 Kings 23, verses 6, the Bible says he brought out the groove from the house of the Lord without Jerusalem and to the brook Kidron and burned it at the brook Kidron and stamped it uh, small to powder, to cast powder thereof upon the graves of the children of people. That means Kidron also was a grave of common people. That means if you were a street beggar and you died, they threw you around Kidron and buried you there. If you were a leprous fellow and you died without a family and without reputation, they threw you there. If you are a criminal, they threw you there. So it was also a grave site. It was a graveyard. Are you following what I'm trying to tell you? You must picture all of these things. And the Bible says, and the king himself also passed over the brook Kidron. He's weeping. It looks like the most, the worst time in his life. Everything has stand against him. The whole of Israel has stand against him. His cancer, Ahithophel, has stand against him. His son has lost a hand against him. He lost a son before. And he's going through a place nobody ever expected the king to go. Praise God. Think about it. People should have carried him or found another way. But that was the only way to keep his life. Now imagine a man who was watching from afar and had not understood how these events have led to here. And they are seeing David going through the book of Kidron. What do you think they would think? His God has left him. How God departed. Whatever she's going through, God must be judging her. There is no way he can sleep in such a house except the Lord is judging him. There is no way he can walk with such poverty except the Lord is judging him. There is no way 
his ministry can go through that except he did something to God. And some of us felt it. You know those silly fellows who, who always see it, they feel it. <laughs> oh God, tell your neighbor, oh God. Have you ever gone through something and people look at you and it looks like you're judged of God? Do I have a witness? The king also himself went through the brook Kidron. He went through that shame. He went through that sorrow. David crossed that brook in tears. He was a king. He could not believe that he had been belittled to that level. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Thousands of years later, his descendant goes through the same thing. Jesus is born, preaches the gospel, tells his disciples, I'm about to go. He's preparing that something is going to happen and he knows it's coming. And in John 18, chapter 1, verse 1, sorry, the Bible says when Jesus had spoken these words, he went forth with his disciples, the Bible says, over the brook Kidron, where there was a garden into which he entered and his disciples. Thousands of years later, also, the Son of God, who knew no sin, goes through the same thing that David went through. This thing doesn't know anybody. <laughs> Did you hear what I just said? The brook of Kidron doesn't know anyone. <laughs> the one that had sinned and the one that knew no sin alike, both passed through the same brook. I'm trying to tell you, there are things you will go through. Whether you're a man of God or you're not a man of God, they can come. Are you hearing what I'm trying to tell you? But how you go through matters. Somebody said hallelujah. I said how you go through matters. How you go through matters. In, in, in Matthew 26 verses 36. Jesus gives the same account. The Bible says, then cometh Jesus, of course they were going to Gethsemane. We, the Bible says, then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane. And he said unto the disciples, he said, sit here while I go to what? To pray. Praise God. And the next verse says, and yonder, it says, and he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then he said unto them, he said, my Saul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. He says, tarry ye here and watch with me. This is a troubled man, full of sorrow. In the same tears that David goes through. This time David is betrayed probably by Ahithophel and, and, and his son Absalom and, and, and Israel. Here Christ is betrayed by Judas and Israel. Similar setting. Praise God. One knew no sin. One 
had had a story of sin. Praise God. But if Satan knew that he was purchasing our eternal salvation, the Bible says he would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Somebody shout hallelujah. Even what seemed funny, God had a certain intention way bigger than the devil could understand. What am I trying to tell you? I don't care what has given you sorrow in the past. I don't care where your brook is. Some of you probably, your brook is in a job. Some of you, your brook is in your marriage. Some of you, your kidron is... <laughs> your education. Some of you, your kidron is the weakness of your flesh. Some of you, your kidron is... Eh, eh, your spouse, some of you, your kidron is... Uganda, some of you... <laughs> Praise God, somebody. But I have good news for you. Let me say a mystery. It's amazing that the Bible gives us three names. In the time when David is crossing the brook Kidron. And the first name is Etai. And the Hebrew word Etai means with. Right? With. I'm with you. Eat I. To be with someone. Right? He was with David. Abiathar speaks of the father which is great. Praise God. And Zadok is, means he that imputes righteousness. <laughs> Woo, did you get it? It's almost as though these three figures of men around a man going through the brook of Kidron is actually saying, the great father with me imputes righteousness on me. Did you hear what I just said? The great father with me imputes righteousness on me. I know that my son is judging me. But there is a God that imputes righteousness on me. There's a God that I have. He's with me. You know, it's one thing to go through things, but it's another when you know that the Lord is with It doesn't matter what you go through. Hallelujah. See, you can go through something and not be sure whether the Lord left you or not. And with David's experience, you would think the Lord had left him. But David was not thinking like that. Hallelujah. The people with him were thinking like that. But David was not thinking like that. In fact, that's why they say he writes the Psalms 23. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. This is a man going through the brook Kidron. He says, I shall not want. This is a man going through the brook Kidron. He maketh me to lie down besides green pastures. He leadeth me besides still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Did you get it? Did you get it? Did you get it? Did you get it? That's good one right there. Why? Because the graveyard's everywhere. Darkness is everywhere. All filthiness is everywhere. All uncleanliness is everywhere. All failure is everywhere. He says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he says, I will fear no evil for your rod and staff. They what? They comfort me. Slap somebody and tell them, Yakuchi Tamu. 
Did you hear what I just said? You will go through it. I said you'll go. You, you will win. That's what I'm trying to tell you. These things are temporal. This is the attitude of a man after God's own heart. He says, regardless, I'm weeping for my son. But inside there, I'm not a scared folk. I'm not a scared folk. Inside there is a very strong man who knows who my shepherd is and how that I cannot want. If it's righteousness, the Bible says he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. That's Sadok. He that imputeth righteousness because of his greatness as a father. And he's with you. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah, somebody. He's going through that, but he's saying, thou preparest the table. Woo! In the midst of our enemies. Look at that attitude. He says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Yes, I'm going through these things, but thou anointest my head with oil and my cup runneth over. That's a man going through the brook of Kidron. Come on. Open your eyes and see what I'm trying to tell you. What am I trying to say? When you become born again, no circumstance should cause you to drive your eyes from what is happening. I mean, from what God is doing to what is happening at that present hour. That's what I'm trying to say. That it doesn't matter what you go through. Fix your eyes on what God is doing. Imagine a man going through the brook and he's saying, oh, you're anointing my head. Are you hearing me? He's weeping, but he's saying, my cup runneth over. Come on, slap somebody and tell them, are you a witness of this? Imagine you're going through the worst case of life. And you say, oh, I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Somebody take it. I feel my cup is running over. Oh, Rabba Shakata Labaya. Rabba Zaketete Ribo Kotarando Robo Satalapataya. Oh, you're my shepherd. Oh, you're my shepherd. And he's going through the dirtiest stuff. Even though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, Rata Kataba, I will fear no evil. Rondo Zobro Kosa. For thy rod and staff, they comfort me. Rekete Brakosa. You prepare a table. In the midst of my enemies, Rokotaraba, you Raba Shokotalaba. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hey! That regardless of what he's going through. It doesn't kill what he's feeling. I know you don't have, I know, I know, brother, I know you've looked for jobs for 20 years, yes. But that boldness to sit in your room instead of wailing, yes, the sorrow is there. Are you hearing me? But in your sorrow, do not judge God foolishly. He's with you. I said he's with you. You know, some people say, oh, you know, I don't know why God, somebody wrote me an email one time and said, I don't know why God is tormenting me. I said, what? This person thinks God has time to come from heaven to torment her. 
we've gone through stuff too. We've passed brooks of Kidron too. Some people just look at us and think, oh no, he just woke up, graduated, went to high, I mean, went to high school, graduated, became a wonderful banker, and then the Lord opened the door for him, and then he started preaching. No, brother, you don't know a half. Don't even admire what's upon me because you don't know the process. Are you hearing me? But have you ever gotten to a place where all you have is that thing inside you? That confidence. The Bible says, cast not away thine confidence. Are you hearing me? That, that place where it doesn't matter what you're going through, but something still tells you, he's my shepherd. I shall not want. He's anointing me. He's increasing me. Yes, I, I still have issues to deal with, and I'm trying, God, I'm trying. But you're with me until the end. Goodness and mercy shall follow me. God is looking for such attitude. That place where you can go through stuff and people come and pity you and you tell them, darling, don't pity. You don't know what God is adding on my head. You don't know how much oil is being poured out on me. For Paul says, for when I am weak, then I. You're stronger than you think. Tell your neighbor you're stronger than you think. Hey, 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 tell your neighbor, regardless of what you go through, get the attitude of a man after God's own heart. He knows what God is able to do. He knows that the God who anointed him did not anoint him to death. He knows that the God who called him, he called him to glory. He knows that the God who sanctified him and set him apart while he was still a shepherd boy, this was temporal. Sometimes I look at the things we've gone through. One time I went through a situation. Oh. Oh. And then the Lord told me. I read the scripture. And the scripture says. The Lord knows how to save his anointed. He knows how. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor he knows how to save his anointed. The Bible says he's the saving strength. Of his anointed. When a man is anointed, don't worry about him. Somebody shout hallelujah. He says, know that I, the Lord, save his anointed. He, he is the saving strength. He, he knows how to get you out. He will get you out. The king himself went through the book, Kidron. Jesus, the son of God himself. Went to God and said, if it be possible, take this cup of suffering off me. But if it be your will, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Let's get it. Let's go through. Somebody said, hallelujah. What am I trying to tell you? Get to a point where nothing scares you. Nothing threatens you. Comes, you wait, you go through it. That's why it's important to know that you are anointed of God. 
sometimes when I see things come, I just remember how much he has. I have something on me. I feel it. It's in there. Now, look at you quiet. Say it too. Say the same words. I have something on me. It's inside there. And it is big. Paul called it treasure in heaven. He says that the excellence of power may be of God and not of us. Sometimes when you go through something, it's important for you to first sit in one corner and say, but, 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 wait, 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 but, but, riketete, zireko brotolobunda, sarezeke, you stir it to flame, hallelujah, you stir it out of yourself, that is why when you go through trouble, before you all just get in the side and start to harakabakatalabaye, soprokotoba, Dig it inside. And when you feel your deep, go deeper. For thou art with me. I said, I don't know what Kidron yours is. Maybe you went to a doctor and they told you, oh, you have HIV. He bore our sicknesses and carried our pains. Even when you're crying, confess right. That's what I'm trying to say. Hallelujah. Even when you're weeping. Listen. Read the scripture. He said, weeping may. He said, it may. It may endure for a night. It may be for two minutes. He said, weeping may. He didn't say joy may. Did you understand what I just said? He did not say joy may. No, he said, weeping may endure, but for a night. He says, but, 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 but. But joy cometh in the morning. It comes. That means sorrow is a might happen thing. Joy is a sure thing. Woo! The Bible says he has called us to glory and virtue. Joy unspeakable, full of glory. Praise God. Tell your neighbor, sit and bring it on. Bring it on. For I know who's with me. I know who is in me. I know who is for me. Listen. Maybe some of you have not gone through what I'm talking about. Maybe your father was a king. Your mother was this. And you were raised in a palace. And eating yogurt and dates, drinking Arabic coffee. Maybe, maybe you don't understand what I'm saying. But have, is, do I have a witness here? Have you ever got through something and you ask yourself, God, will I make it tomorrow morning? Will I even walk on those streets one day and the joy comes the next day and things come around? If you've been through stuff, and I mean stuff, you, you understand. 
It's just that some of us can't tell all our stories. But how about those moments where God saved you narrowly? Narrowly. And you say, God, it could have been me. I could have been there. Oh! And the Bible says, for the first time, the counsel of Ahithophel failed. He got a confusing spirit and misled Absalom. And Absalom did not hear him. And then he killed himself. So sad. Now I'm talking about enemies here. I'm not talking about people. People are not our enemies. The devil in them is. The devil is the, the, devil is the enemy, not them. That's why I never have a charge on any man. Have mercy on them. Hallelujah. But it's, it takes another eye to see the table prepared. It takes a certain kind of faith to go through the brook when you're seeing a table being prepared <laughs> before your enemies. That is why some of them, God makes sure he doesn't kill them. He keeps them alive to see you go up. And there is nothing in the world that he can do. Let me tell you, you're not going to fail. <laughs> If you're dealing with sin, God will wash it out, get you out, and put you back on the trail. But we will not lose you in the mighty name of Jesus. If he restored David, he surely will restore you. The scriptures tell us when the team, the group of Absalom comes to attack, that day more than 20,000 men were killed. And the wood killed more men than the sword. That means God was in there. And the same people who see the man in the brook. See him coming back as king. I said I don't know what your kidron is. But you're just going over it. You're not staying there. Somebody shout hallelujah. You know. Some of you, this, this sermon will make sense one day. It might not make sense now because probably you have not seen it yet. But may you remember these words one day. May you understand this is a Kidron moment and I'm going through it anyway. He that began that good work in you. He said, when you go through fire, I'll be with you. When you go through water, I will be with you. That is the most important thing. The Lord is with you. That's all that matters. Get to your feet. Listen, I don't know who I'm talking to. And I don't know who I came for. And it's one thing for us under the lights to see everybody and assume that all has been gone well. But not everything has been going on well in certain people's lives. There are people here when they start narrating the things they've gone through, you'd be even shocked that they're still alive. But we are witnesses of God's goodness. We are witnesses of God's power. We are witnesses of God's anointing. See, some people say, oh, but the anointed men who fail. And I tell them they don't know these things. 
when they went through Kidron, they wept. And their confession changed. Listen, even in tears, confess the right way. Don't wait for circumstances to come right for you to speak the things you must speak right. Maintain your confession. Hold a certain vision before God. You know, sometimes I wish I would make, we would make certain people understand what it means to be anointed by God. To carry the anointing of the Holy Spirit. To know that you're not alone. To know that he's with you and for you. To know that he has plans to do you good. To know that he is here for you. You're probably even here and you've sinned before God. And you feel you deserve the state you're in. Maybe David felt he deserved the state he was in. But I want to tell you God understands. And he knows your heart. And he will cleanse you through his word and get you out. Don't be a victim of the effects of your sin. Receive forgiveness of sin and healing for your body and deliverance for your soul and breakthrough for your life. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But they are justified freely through the redemption that is in Christ. He began a good work in you. He will see to accomplishment to the day of Christ. He is the author and the finisher of your faith. Just keep the right attitude. Weep, but with the right attitude. Cry if you want to, but keep the right thoughts, the right words. He's still your shepherd. He is with you. He's with you. He says, for law, I'm with you until the end. That's the one thing that makes me know that I'll make it. I know that I'll make it. Because he did not anoint me to die. He says, I will not let your righteous, he's righteous. He will not let his righteous see corruption. Neither his soul wrote in hell. God has not anointed me to see corruption. That I know very well. Doesn't matter how fallen you are, you'll come up. Doesn't matter how lost you are, the grace of God will draw you back to repentance and you'll walk right. And some of you, it's tonight. Just raise your hands and speak to God. I give my life to come and talk to God you take me you mold me
to God. Talk to God regardless of what you've gone through. Regardless of the circumstances that are around you. You're probably here and you've been struggling with an addiction. That's your kid room. You're probably here and you've been struggling in your relationship. Struggling in your ministry. Struggling in your body. You've probably been sick. That's your kid room. Even Jesus, he was wounded, bruised. He carried our sins. He knows the feeling of sickness. I will exalt you. I will exalt you. I will exalt you. You are my God. My heart place my safe refuge my treasure Lord you were you're my friend and king anointed most holy That you will fear no evil. And again, I say to your spirit that you will fear no evil, that you'll not fear any report, that you will not fear any news, that you'll not fear any circumstance, that you'll not be afraid of in any predicament. That you will not draw back in any situation. That you will stay strong. And proclaim.
proclaim the goodness of the Lord and sing of his goodness and your mouth muse over your expectation of him the Lord is good and he has you he's got your back this too shall pass give the Lord a mighty help of praise hallelujah 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 I feel in my spirit led to pray for people who have had disease for more than three years if you're here and you've struggled with a disease for more than three years I want you to put your hand on your chest right now anything I don't care what this week today tomorrow you're going to go back to the doctor and they'll not find that disease in your body I want you to put your hand on your, on your chest right now I rebuke and I bind that spirit of infirmity and disease I don't need to mention its name particular disease but I know that you're getting healed now in the name of Jesus there are people here who have had situations that have not left that have stayed for so many years you know those things that just don't go God is healing if it's a physical situation God is taking it away in the mighty name of Jesus. You will live to testify that on that Thursday, I went back home and my father's house changed. My marriage changed. My children changed. My finances changed. My business changed. My career changed. Things changed. My ministry changed. In the name of Jesus. There's also 17 people. I feel the spirit of the Lord is speaking to me specifically. And I see a special grace falling upon your life. God says what has been holding you back is the function of the anointing on your life. And from today, something is stirring something inside you. The Spirit of God is stirring something inside you. And a certain anointing is going to start to be seen, evident upon you. I call it out in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Give the Lord a manacle praise. Carry those people. Bring them in front. Now, if you're healed, you'll come here and testify. Now, if you're here and you've never given your life to Christ, I want to give you an opportunity to receive him as your Lord and Savior. Tonight, God is changing your life. Tonight. Tonight, you came for this. God loves you. And he shed his blood for you. 
and he wants you free. For the Bible says, for whoso the son sets free, is free indeed. By the way, certain barren person is going to conceive. I've heard the word of God. If you're there and you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, please come. 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 Come and receive him. Come. When mountains fall, I will stand by the power of your hand in your heart of hearts outweigh that my soul was very well. Ask your neighbor, just bring them. If they're not born again, just tell them, come. I feel people coming and quite a number of you. Come. By the power your hand in your heart. Praise God.
there anybody left? There's a lady in red. I'll wait for you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now, all of you who are here, you're just going to repeat these words after me. Say, Lord, tonight I have heard you and your word. My heart receives you as the son of God who gave his life was crucified and died for me. Tonight I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I'm born again. Amen. Put up your hands. I want to pray for you. Father, just put up your hands. Put up your hands. Father, fill them with your spirit. Those that have been bound, 